With SendPro Online from Pitney Bowes, you can simply print postage stamps and shipping labels, even when working remotely. Go to pb.com slash TMS and access a special offer for a free 30-day trial plus a free 10-pound scale to get started. That's pb.com slash TMS. Coming up on TMS, a raisin in a lump of mayo. Profane parrots populate park. The chicken was a baby's foreskin. Wait, Perry Mason isn't Irish? No, sir. We only treat the face. Queezer? Timothy Elephants. <laughs> I spoke French once. I regret it. Near winner, first loser. There's nothing funny about science. The moon. You can't explain that. Judge Ibbett. The cases are real. The people are real. The rulings are final. Ready the typewriter and the bongos. Let's go together. Here we see the rare Korean baby. Hiding from 42 in Sweden. Therapy Thursday and more on this episode of The Morning Stream. Every morning before Linda gets up, her mother mashes up a pill and stirs it into Linda's orange juice. I am doing my job here. <laughs> The Morning Stream. We just wanted more fish. They wouldn't give us any more fish. Hello and welcome to Thursday's edition of The Morning Stream with me, Scott Johnson, and him, Brian Ibbett. Hello, Brian Ibbett. How are you? Hello, Scott Johnson. Happy Thursday to you. Friday Eve. Thanks, man. It's uh, October 8th, by the way, which means... That was a fast eight days. <laughs> I don't know where those went. <laughs> Doesn't that seem right? yeah. uh, a little fast? Weren't we just talking about it being the first? It Jeez. feels like it. Yeah. yeah. It feels like we we're just here. But uh, but no. But no. Uh, time time screams on ahead of us, time, whether we like it or not. Time really can't decide how what speed it wants to go right nope. now, right? Sometimes it just feels like it's achingly, mind-numbingly slow. Mm-hmm. Other times it's like, whoa, where did that month go? Yeah. How come it's already October 8th? Whoa. Don't like it. No, sir, I don't. But I will say this. Happy 2002 episode, the year of Lord of the Rings, the Two Towers, and my big fat Greek <laughs> wedding. That awesome. was the same year. Yes. Yeah. This is also Eight uh, Mile came out that year. Uh, Eight the, Mile, yeah. Uh, the Osbournes was on TV for the first time in 2002. So 2002. Uh, yeah. Uh, I was still doing travel and installations for uh, clients. Right. For, for newspaper clients. And I was in... Oh, where was I? I want to say Northern California with the sales manager, uh, Alan. And uh, he and I decided that, uh, well, middle of the day, um, let's go see the two towers. Okay. And uh, so we we snuck off. Uh, we had finished working with the client that we were there to see, but really we technically were still on the clock. And uh, what are the big uh, elephant things in Lord of the Rings called? Oil, not oil elephants. Is it oil elephants? Oliphants. Timothy Oliphants. Is that what they're called? I don't remember. I can't remember. I can't remember either. But but there's a scene where they start coming out as part of the battle, the big battle at the it is Oliphants. Okay, yeah. Oliphants. A big big battle that takes place that where they bring those out, and it's at that point that I feel a vibration in my pocket yeah and uh it's a client calling not the one we're there to see but another client calling needing tech support so i went and did tech support for 15 minutes in the lobby of the north an oakland uh uh amc theaters or someplace oh man uh helped a client then came back in what did i miss <laughs> what did you miss do you remember how much you missed because it seems like you missed a lot 
right? I probably well, I missed 15 minutes. I you know, but I did I did see it again eventually. So I have uh, I have made up for the time I missed, but still haven't done that with uh, the Wolverine, which is surprising because I really like the Wolverine. Yeah, Wolverine is great. Over over first uh whatever it's called. Origins. Uh, Origins, X-Men Origins, Wolverine. Yeah. Origins is bad. It's a bad movie. It's a horrible film. Yeah. I'll say yeah. this though. Uh controversial opinion. I don't think uh I think Two Towers is my least favorite of the Lord of the Rings movies. I'm gonna put that Inclu- out. There. Just the Lord of the Rings or including the Hobbit series? Oh, if I don't include the Hobbit, then yes, just Lord okay. of the Rings. If I'm including the Hobbit. Yeah. The, the Hobbit's the Hobbit is a passable use of your time, all right. Yeah, but yeah. only that. the The old stuff, though the the original you know trilogy, the Lord of the Rings trilogy by Peter Jackson in the early two thousands, is all time great thing. It's it's great. But yeah, of those three films, if I'm picking favorites, sure, I think it goes backward or it goes three one two is how it goes for me. And I really like one, and I love three. And I just think two is the least good of the two, of the three. But compared to other movies, it's still a great. It's a great movie. I just don't. I think it's a kind of a. I don't know. Kind of a boring middle piece. It's a little boring. It's see. This is such a hard thing. A hard uh, discussion because I, you know, it's not like um, the Matrix where there's a really big gap between the best and the worst Matrix movies. Yeah. Or the Matrix yeah. and the other movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's it's like. If if two towers lulls, it's just a tiny lull compared to the other two for me. Yeah, that's um, a good point. It's not that. I mean, I, if you sat me down and said, "Hey, we're going to watch all three in a row," that's kind of the way to do it because then I then I get the full you know I get the full meal deal that way, and I don't feel like there's a weird pause because it's all in context and it works. Sure, sure. If you do extended editions, two is better as an extended edition. It's a better, yeah. better overall film as an extended edition, yeah. but it's long as shit. Well, yeah. You'll be there all day, dude. That's a whole, that's a- <laughs> I think they're all kind of long as shit, aren't they? I mean, I mean, they are, but is, you'd is be there. Two all Towers, day. the longest of the three. Two, two Towers is uh, no. I think Return of the, the King third might one's be the longest, right? Yeah, hold on, longest. I mean, yeah, you're you're spending a day if you're watching all three movies in the extended, deluxe Peter Jackson approved editions. Then you know, tuck in. Well, here are here's your answer: Fellowship of the Ring, 170 minutes. Okay. Uh, we'll just do theatrical here. Oh, okay. All right. 178 minutes, rather. Um, so two, two minutes towers. shy of three hours. Yeah. Two Towers is one minute longer, 179. Wow. Okay. And, oh, Return of the King, 251. So much, much well, not Whoa. much longer, Wait, wait, wait. 251? I'm is sorry. Really? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 201. I'm looking at the extended. Oh, okay. 201. <laughs> I mean, even 251 yeah. for the extended ver- version is, uh, I mean, that's 10 minutes longer than... Then four hours, yeah, right? Yeah, that's a long movie. That's a take that's a dump ins- and two pee breaks. I did not realize that thing was uh, four plus hours. Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah, it's almost two meals. You got to eat breakfast and lunch before that thing's over. Well, and second breakfast. Right. <laughs> Tomatoes. Anyway. <laughs> <clears throat> so, yeah, there's your. I didn't know that either. That's crazy. So, Return of the King, yeah. my favorite, is actually the longest. Weird. Well, weird. All right. My favorite is the longest. Isn't there a song? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a Whitney Houston song. I oh, there you go. Nailed it. All right. Uh, so there's that. <laughs> also, I just want to congratulate Salt Lake City uh, and my hometown of, of Salt Lake and surrounding areas and my home state of Utah for producing the most <laughs> famous fly in all of political history. 
Uh, last <laughs> night, it's here's the funny thing: the fall. Help me! Help me! <laughs> the fall months in in Utah, in in uh, especially in the valley, are known for it being a little bit of fly season. We get a lot of flies sure. in the late late summer, early fall, and so I am not in the least surprised that one of those buggers got through the building and ended up on sure. Pence's head. But what a perfect canvas because he's got this pure white canvas head. <laughs> totally. And yeah. this little fly, there was no way you weren't going to see it. And now it's all anybody wants to talk about. There's literally Twitter accounts with hundreds of thousands of followers overnight pretending to be this fly. Cold fly Some, on Pence's head. Yeah. Yes, I love it. Some are already selling yeah. swag and merch. Like Things what, stuck to them like fly on white. Yeah. I, I made a pretty fly on a white guy joke. That was all right. Uh, yeah. There's was some other fun. I don't ones want to alarm anybody, but I think that uh, I think that that debate might have been bugged. Yeah, it may have been a little. See, there's another good one. There's a good yeah. one. See, I was I was out playing trivia last night, so I didn't get to do any of these on Twitter. Like I, I heard about it when we got back. Yeah, and uh, um, it's like, oh man, if I were on Twitter <laughs> instead of playing trivia, I'd be like laying these all out, like uh uh uh. Yeah, you'd know him. You know, but I'm Ryan's sure somebody already did him. Yeah. yeah. Well, you got. You just have to. Oh, be first. to be a fly on the Waldo at that debate. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, like uh, we have the most famous fly. I don't know. I, I, you know, I get proud of Utah connections. Hold on, I'll play that. Utah connection. I like a good Utah connection. We got a new one. It's a. It's a good one. So that fly, well done. Your, your life is limited. You're probably going to die later today because they only live like, what, a day or two? Whatever yeah, flies live. Yeah. If somebody hasn't already killed you. And uh, <laughs> so your, your brief moment, man, what a 15 minutes of fame that guy got. And he sat, and that fly totally. sat there for two solid minutes and didn't move. He did. Like, did not move. And, uh, <laughs> and the fact that Pence didn't feel it. I mean, I, you know, I know I'm bald. And so, of course, if something lands on my head, I'm going to feel it. Right. But I feel like even if you've got hair, yeah, there's a little bit of you know you feel something, and I always feel it. There's no way I yeah. don't feel it. So I know I don't know why I didn't feel it. Uh, he just looked like Cotton Hill. He was really focused or whatever his deal was. But <laughs> the other thing is, um, uh, what was I going to say? I forgot. Oh, if you pull the, if you if you listen to the microphone very very carefully, you really have to get in there to hear it. Uh-huh. But you can hear a little uh-huh. voice say. Um, you, you are going to have dinosaurs on your uh, uh, your, your dinosaur tour. <laughs> you can hear the voice of Jeff Goldblum coming out of Brundlefly, sitting on the head of Mike. Oh, okay, if I if I'm gonna uh, teleport from one side of the of my lab to the other, yeah, and I those, plug by this the way, in. Those plexiglass things look like portals, so I'm just saying. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> just saying, you know. Oh, somebody needs to uh, somebody needs to Photoshop the Brundlefly <laughs> portal pods. Uh. <laughs> I guarantee you, somebody's Photoshopped Jeff Bridges on his head by now, right? That's Jeff had Goldblum to have happened. Or Jeff Bridges? Or, no, I'm sorry, Jeff Goldblum. Why did I said Jeff Bridges? <laughs> the dude. Somebody's put the dude on his head, right? We need the dude. Yeah. On his head. Uh, <laughs> Harris oh yeah, and then the pink eye thing. I yeah, I saw the photos of his eye, his bloodshot eye. Jeez. Yeah, I think he's got a he got a little poo in there. I think, I think there's another reason that I think uh, Kamala should have been happy to have those two plexiglass screens between the two of them. Yeah, someone in the chat said Harris had a whole head of flies and no one noticed. Well, that's because it's a good contrast. She had she, Harris could have had fifty flies in her hair. <laughs> it works because she's got nice dark hair. You put it on exactly. Pence, and it's like saying 
hey, like what if we had a perfectly white background and then we put the only dark spot on it possible? Exactly. It's like having a bit of schmutz on your dress shirt. <laughs> <laughs> like everybody notices the bit of schmutz on your uh, on your dress shirt. Yeah, you wear plaid, you can get away with like having half a dinner on there, right? No big deal. <laughs> That's right, exactly. Yeah, like a raisin in a lump of mayo, says TVC Con. <laughs> Oh, that's great. Oh, that's gross. Save that for Jerry. He loves those mayo stories. Anyway. Yes. Uh, so uh, good luck, Fly. We hope your life was fun and brief and great. Uh, all right. Quick note here from, uh, uh, let's see. This is from Rishi B. We know him. Rishi B. Rishi B from Ann Arbor, Michigan. He uh, wrote in and says, Dear Steve and Buscemi, on the most recent recommendals, y'all mentioned Jesse Buckley, who plays the Minnesota nurse Oretta on Fargo season four. She is fantastic. And I first saw her in 2008 in the movie Wild Rose, where she stars as an Irish woman who wants to become a country singer. It's very good. So he makes this recommendation for us. Sincerialist Rishi B from Ann Arbor. Uh, that's the other thing is she is Irish. And I'm starting to notice a lot of Irish actors forgetting they were Irish. So for example, uh, Queen Maeve on, your bo- on the boys there. Okay. That's uh-huh. an Irish lady. Is she really? Wow. They are so good at covering their accents. I'm going to give them like Australian level props because I can't freaking tell that any of them are Irish. The guy you're watching right now on uh, uh, whatever it's called, your show you're watching, uh, it's not Steve Perry, uh, Perry Perry Mason. Mason. You know, Steve Perry, the great detective. Steve Perry, yes. Uh, I like it when he solves the crime and he goes, oh, Sherry, (laughs) oh, hello. I know, he really really cracked that one, but. But that yeah. guy, he's Irish. Like everybody's Irish. Uh, Sidian says he's Welsh. But oh, uh, I thought he but, was Irish. Uh, props over to uh, to Sarah Sharonin yeah. and Lady Bird again. You know, there there's a perfectly disguised accent in the movie. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but the, it, I, I just I'm, my eyes are open to the Irish. I feel like wait, so Perry Mason guy is not Irish. Why was I told? That's he what they're saying. That's where Sidian said that he's Welsh. I don't know if that's true, Sidian. I'm okay. taking you on right now. This is a Sidian right, Matthew Rees. Matthew Rees. Here he is, or Rise, or whatever you say. I don't know what it is. Welsh actor. Damn it. This is the first five words. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. The first uh, seven words. Matthew Rees Evans is a Welsh actor. I thought he was Irish. Sorry. But hey, Welsh is Welsh is hard to hide too. Look at uh Catherine Zeta Jones in, in most of the stuff that she's been in. <laughs> most of the things, yeah. She, she hides that. Well, I mean, you know. There's for a- Chicago you can't sound like uh like <laughs> Sean Connery, but for uh you know, for <laughs> Yeah. But I just couldn't or believe you- Queen Maeve is Irish. Yeah, that's crazy. And I need to, this- I'm not I'm not into uh, season two yet, but but, I mean, she's plenty in season one, so that yeah. blows my mind. And when you see Jesse, sorry, when you see, well, her name is Jesse, but when you see um, uh, Far- her uh, as Oretta, her Oretta character mm-hmm. is, mm-hmm. you'd swear she's just from the bottom of Minnesota, wherever that is. Like, cool. it's crazy. She's so crazy. Oh, my gosh, she's great. Well, that'll be after after dark. <laughs> By the way, somebody on Twitter, I'm, I kind of want to give this person credit because they sent me this link that is... Awesome. Uh, here we go. Sidekicka or Sidekick California, Sidekick Sea Canada. Looks like Sidekick oh, Canada. Canada. All right. Uh, send me a link to dark.netflix.io. Mm-hmm. And this is like the companion. I want a companion uh, site like this for every damn show I watch. 
because it's like got um oh look at this for dark there's a lot of like jumping around and family tree stuff and characters who because there's time travel involved there's characters who look like one actor one minute and are played by a different actor the next minute and um this thing like is just such a great companion uh companion site to the show and it's like oh okay yeah i know i knew that that guy was that guy but oh okay so he's you know he's this and then they like uh have the um uh on another page they kind of show who's in what time like yeah. what time they originally started in yeah. because sometimes they end up in a different term <laughs> and i don't want to i want to be really careful about what i say about the show but i'm kind of loving that show yeah no that's cool man it's so good uh I'm yeah. Look at that site. That's crazy. It's a, also a very cool site. Yeah, yeah. Pretty, pretty heavy on the resources though. That thing just shot. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's got you know animation and yeah. It looks um, like I don't think it's Flash. It's like HTML. No, it's probably HTML five. But there's so much. Holy crap! Yeah, yeah my <laughs> that tab made my memory usage go up like forty percent. <laughs> I better close it while we're doing the show. Yeah, close mine as well. <laughs> That's crazy. All right. Anyway. uh Thanks for that. Dead Palmer's, I watch Doctor Who. Okay, I'm almost completely caught up with uh, oh, yeah, he's super, the modern seasons. Yeah, you're yeah, super just, Doctor who You do all that. I just haven't seen the second season with uh, Jodie Whittaker, but um, but I'm but I'm in. Sick. Oh, the new the newer one, right? With the lady. The, the current the current Doctor. Yeah. Yeah. Every time there's a new season, I just am that much farther behind. I feel like I I'll never catch up. If I I need a primer again. Someone give me a new primer. Just start with Eccleston. I mean, don't 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 go back to. uh, Just start with Eccleston because I've heard you got to skip around even after that. Oh really? No, I think Eccleston is uh, Eccleston is great. Yeah, Tenet is great. Um, But other episodes I I should skip, or I I know those guys are cool. I like those guys, but I don't know what uh, you know. Is there? And maybe uh, maybe you're right. uh, Yeah, there probably are episodes you can you can skip. But uh, how long are the seasons? Like ten episodes, twelve, twenty. Um, twelve or thirteen episode seasons, I think. That wouldn't be that big a deal. I could probably do that. Yeah. All right. <laughs> City. I'm not even gonna say what City just. I'm not sure what. I don't know that episode. Apparently. Yeah. Those Sidian. are three words I I never would have put together in a question. Yeah, sorry. Don't know. Sorry, uh, podcast listeners. I can't repeat that. Yeah, I don't know what that is either. It sounds like a hell of an episode of of Doctor Who. <laughs> Dr. Ho. More like Dr. Ho, if you know what I'm saying. Dr. Ho. Anyway, uh, so there's that. All right, we're going to do something cool today. Um, You may know this voice, Brian, that we're about to add to the show because he was a contestant, a near winner. Yeah, he was the first loser. (laughs) First Uh, runner. Like, the second place is the first loser is what what my dad always taught me. Yeah, there you have it. (laughs) Uh, it's one way of putting it. It is uh, Bobby Frankenberger, of course, a uh, a season favorite for me on the uh, that show. I loved it. Uh, I thought yeah. he. I thought he's the guy I voted for. So as far as I'm I, concerned, he was, he he was a, a, an early horse in the race, like an early contender for for us as well. So uh, well, welcome Bobby Frankenberger to the show. Bobby, welcome. How are you? Hello, I'm doing great. How are you guys? Oh, we're fantastic. We're good. Dude. Hey, uh, so I now I get to finally see what you look like, which is weird. That's true. Yeah, I mean we've seen your photo. 
Yeah. It's a little different. This is my, uh, you can't see it well, but this is what I call my Keanu Reeves look right now. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> Keanu Reeves on the subway kind of business. So that's, that's what yeah. that is. Yeah, exactly. You need to, you need to do the suit and you need to just look, look, uh, angry all yeah. the time now. Yeah, yeah. That's your job. Uh, but anyway, it's good to have you here. Now, the reason we're doing this, people are like, wait, what the heck's this all about? Bobby, like a lot of the contestants on next America's next greatest podcaster.com effort. Nailed it. Concern. America's next top podcaster.com. <laughs> uh, have gone on to do projects they've been wanting to do. Um, cool, cool new stuff. And that turns out Bobby has done that very thing. And what I'm interested in is why the focus on science. So give us a little background on what the show is, and then why did you go down the path of like, hey, let's make sure this has a fair amount of science in it, and why does that matter to you? Yeah, well, okay, so to give the the brief overview, the podcast is called All Around Science. It's a weekly science podcast that I do with a co-host, my co-host, Maura Armstrong. We talk about science, we discuss science news every week, what's been going on in science news, and just kind of nerd out about cool sciencey stuff that we think is interesting for uh, most of the show. Um, uh, science has just been a something that I've loved for a long time. And we are, we focus a lot on science communication um, or rather sort of like making sure that it gets out to people in a digestible way, an approachable way. We work really hard to do that. We're not scientists ourselves, but we love science. So we think it helps us to stay grounded and and uh, talking about science um, in a way that's not jargony that you get a lot, you know. And um, and I mean, science touches everything we do, and I think everyone can be sort of enriched by understanding how the world works. So. Now, if I came to your show and said, "Hey, I'm looking for a podcast that goes through, say, kind of an on the ground perspective on climate science." Sounds like this might be a show where you guys would touch on a topic like that. Yeah, in fact, climate science is something that we have touched on a good bit. My Mora, I mentioned my co-host, she uh, she likes Earth and climate science a lot, so she uh, some of the feature stuff that she does is a lot about that. And yeah, we we don't we want to make it so that your grandpa can come to this and and walk away knowing something. In fact, my mom, who has never listened to anything I've ever done, uh-huh. uh, listens to all of these <laughs> and uh, seems to like them. She texts me after every episode is released and 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 tells me about it. So, oh, you're doing such a good job. I'm just I'm just Aww. imagining what her voice would be. <laughs> yeah. Did a good job, right, right. I liked it. It was good. So wait a minute. So uh, well, at least you have a show that your mom can listen to, and you won't wonder <laughs> if you said something really stupid like I always do every day. But right. Uh, uh, was uh, oh, I know what I was gonna ask you. I was gonna ask you this. So, your time in on ANTP, mm-hmm. how much of that helped you with this launch? Like, how much of that, the rigor of that contest and the sort of con- the, the the various challenges you guys had to do week to week, how much of that informed what this show is? Well, a lot. First off, I didn't think that I was capable of doing a science podcast before the competition happened. Um, I thought that the process of researching and producing the show would be too much because when you're doing science podcasts, you want to make sure you get it right. Whether you're mm-hmm. whether you're going deep and being like super scientist sciencey or not, you still want to make sure you get it right. Right? Yeah. People are coming to listen to your science yeah. podcast and and expect that it's going to actually be correct. Mm. Um, <laughs> so I always thought that that would be too much. 
Uh, but the, it is a lot of pressure. Like I could get away with screwing yeah. up the name of a Van Morrison album, and and all of a sudden my <laughs> whole podcast isn't thrown into question. <laughs> right, exactly. So, but going through the competition and putting us through the rigor of producing a podcast week after week um, basically taught me that I I could accomplish that, and I found myself. Um, drifting towards science topics anyway so it's kind of like i got to test out whether it was possible for me to do it and so that helped a lot oh i bet it did i was just thinking yeah. like w- one of the reasons um i, I think th- there are two reasons i glommed onto the content you were making during the contest and part of it was mm-hmm. i think you just have a good natural voice for this sort of thing like for literally sure. your voice but also your cadence your conversational style you're able to sort of wing it in a way that doesn't sound yeah. like you're reading very even, natural yeah. yeah you got a very natural delivery so that's, yeah, in fact, that's i'm stuff. reading everything i say right now and you right. Can... i know yeah well they did provide you with the script yeah. before you came on so. yeah well dude you're doing great by the way keep reading we're on line 42 um but like that is already a, a bunch of tools to have in your in your toolbox and those are really beneficial no matter what content you're doing moving forward yeah but then to have a an interest in not only the scientific side of things but an interest in getting it right or getting it accurately out there mm. that's going to really i think pay off for you so it's pretty exciting so tell people where they can get it uh remind them the name is it on all the podcast directories are we out there everywhere is it all set i i mean i think so but aren't they just adding new directories all the time yeah. lately um so what uh, we need is a directory of directories yeah, yeah exactly like um, <laughs> but yeah you can find it where you get podcasts it's called all around science um and uh and yeah it's a weekly podcast so we do it every week we have sort of like news at the top of the show and then we go on to a f- more of a featurey kind of half in the end where we just talk about things that we find interesting like like um we did one recently on what would happen if the moon disappeared uh that Mm. was pretty fun excuse to talk about like how the moon affects the earth and in a lot of different ways um we talk about covid a lot you can imagine sure um uh, pseudoscience the placebo effect was one that we just did which was really fun for me to dig in on what that is and and uh and whether it actually has the power that people think it does, you know, mm. will there be, will there be a comedy uh, episode? <laughs> we've, uh, we've removed comedy <laughs> from the science podcast. Oh, man. That's too we've bad. Enough of that. That's too bad. So, you, so, so on the one about the moon, I assume there's stuff about, uh, tide goes tides. in, tide goes yeah. out, that whole thing, right? Like how yeah. the tides are affected. I need to listen to that. Tide comes in, tide goes out. Can't explain can't that with explain science. That. Yeah, I actually have that. <laughs> the moon is, that? is uh, fascinating. It's um, you would there would be immediate and long term changes. The seasons would all change. Yeah. Um, the tides change, but because of reasons that you might not think, it's it's um, it's uh, the the days would stop getting. Sh- you know that over time the days uh, have gotten shorter on Earth, like over millions of years, right? Well, the days would no longer. Uh, mm be getting shorter if the moon wasn't there the moon oh, is really? what's causing the days to get shorter yeah, freaking moon damn yeah. because of the cheese <laughs> damn right? thing try yeah, to hold it cheese. back yeah um, try to hold it back listen to this you know tide no that's not the one hold on here it is we've got the facts no that's about tide never mind what a mess. Oh, that's also about the cleaner never mind i was gonna play the tide goes in and you can't explain that 
And I Coincidentally, find it. if the moon disappeared, Tide Pods would no longer be toxic. Oh, wow. Oh, no. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Well, see, now look, we've already learned. We've already learned so much. We can learn so much more. Check out All Around Science wherever you get your podcasts. Is there a website as well? Allaroundscience.com? Yes, allaroundscience.com. Um, if you go there, you'll immediately see your favorite uh, artist's artwork all over it. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, I did album art for this show. I should have mentioned that. Oh, cool. Yeah, uh, that was fun to do. I really uh, really enjoyed that. So uh, uh, go check that out and enjoy that artwork and then the, and then the cool show behind it because that's the important <laughs> part. I can promise you that. <laughs> Uh, well, that's awesome, dude. Thanks uh, for swinging by and talking about it. I like this idea of showcasing some of the work the ANTP people are doing after yeah, the fact. Yeah, thanks and, for having me, of course. Yeah, oh, and, and cool. uh, props to Brian for for having a, a show that then sends people into the stratosphere. Man, look at him now. Look at Bobby now. Hey. Look at him now. I know. I know. We do. I need to get. Uh, we need to get rolling on the uh, auditions for uh, season three. I know we. Ham and I are meeting. We were supposed to be meeting on Monday to discuss that this last Monday, but it's going to be this coming Monday. Ah, so, gotcha. Uh, well, coming up then. Yes. Keep your ears and eyes open. Bobby Frankenberger, good luck and have a great time. And thanks for being on Thank today. you. See thanks, you, Bobby. All right. So good to see him, man. He's a cool dude. I like he him. He is a cool dude. Yeah. Super talented. All right. Uh, wow. We have gone places, but there's still places to go. <laughs> so right. let's go here. It's time for the news brought to you by brought to you by Coverville. Yes, it was yesterday, but doggone, it was such a good show. I'm going to talk about it again. Led Zeppelin three track by track. So uh, everything from Brian, your stump to the immigrant song, which doesn't have a, the in front of it. It's just immigrant song and uh, everywhere in between stuff from dread Zeppelin, Corinne Bailey, Ray, and more right there at coverville.com. Nice dread Zeppelin. eh? Dread Zeppelin, are you familiar with Dread Zeppelin? No, I don't think I am. Tell me more. They are a, a reggae uh, Led Zeppelin cover band led by a 300-pound Elvis impersonator named Tortelvis. <laughs> Shut up, really? I am not kidding. <laughs> and uh, and their covers of Led Zeppelin are uh, tinged with Elvis Presley songs, and he sings like... <laughs> Elvis Presley. That so. sounds great. I want a whole lot of love, you know, stuff like that. Oh, that's perfect. That yes. sounds like it would be the perfect song for them. <laughs> Tortelvis. Tortelvis. Wow. Yes. All right. Uh, find that and more at coverville.com. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're going to do, uh, we'll start with this story about parrots. Uh, they got removed from a UK wildlife park. Oh, no. I know. I know. What that's, a horrible thing. It's because they started swearing at customers. <laughs> can't have that now can we love it oh my god please tell me we have audio <laughs> well, a, uh, oh, actually do we I didn't cut any but maybe we do we'll find oh. out uh, a group of parrots at a zoo had to be put back in isolation when they started swearing at customers after coming out of quarantine the five African grey parrots were adopted by Lincolnshire Wildlife Park August 15th and put in a room together it appears they used their time in isolation teaching each other foul language uh, which left the park staff in hysterics, but swift action had to be taken when they started using obscenities with guests. Stephen Nichols, CEO of the Frinsky Park, said the birds were put into a timeout, but admitted after or over the last 25 years, uh, he's taken in many parrots that have sometimes had a bit of a blue language problem. Who did they get it uh, from, though? 
right? Yeah, like, they're not teaching it to each other. Come on. I mean, let's let's uh like <laughs> one of them went here. in there it's with guests who were sitting there saying, All right, say F, say F, you know. <laughs> to say oh, I didn't even think, yeah, the guests are probably the ones doing it. Yeah, of course they are. In right. my head, it was like some trainer, employee, yeah, yeah, something like that. But you're right. They I don't think just it, pick this thing up spontaneously. Like, oh my effing talons. These just British, sitting British, on the perch all day. British yokels in there going, "Oi, watch me make this parrot make a swear <laughs> word." Right, exactly. Oi. Yeah, there's something funny about that. Um, anyway, told yeah. the Lincolnshire Live thing. Uh, every now and again, you get one that swears, and it's pretty funny. We always find it very comical when they do swear at you. However, with nothing better to do in isolation. Uh, and because the or by chance the latest crop were all adopted on the same time, they quarantined together, living in a room full of swearing birds. The more they swear, the more they usually, uh, the more you usually laugh, which then triggers them to swear again. So you're basically training them to keep going uh, right. when you laugh at them. It's like giving a dog a treat. Park Chief says they uh, they learnt to swear. Does that sound right? Learnt. <laughs> learnt. Sure. We would say learned. Learned. Yeah, but uh, the British UK, say learnt. Learnt. Okay. Yeah. They learnt to swear and laugh at each other while swearing, leading to some akin to an old men's working club scenario. What does that mean? An it old means basically, they're explaining it away as locker room talk. Oh, oh it's the same old excuse. Just locker room talk, was it? <laughs> we grab you by the feathers and they like it if you're a famous bird, they say. Um, <laughs> That's right. Yes. It says we found it highly amusing, and the customers were fine. Uh, they were no problem at all. Says this guy. Well, then, what's why did you have to? Okay, well, whatever. Now they have a bunch of swearing birds. I would go see cool. those birds if I could. Yes, can chance. I? Can I get one of those? Could we get one of those for jury? Oh, dude, don't get me excited. <laughs> By the way, uh, have you heard? Um, Everybody's heard about the bird. I said a bird, bird, bird. A bird, bird, bird. I said a bird, bird, bird. No, it's the um, uh, 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 ravens. Have you heard a raven talk? No. Oh my god! I've heard they say never more, but uh, you have to hear a actual raven speak. They really? can be trained like they actually any other do, bird. They they do the the oh, yeah. repeating thing big time. And and not only that. Oh gosh, I have to find this. You have to okay. hear this, dude. Yeah, I want to hear this. Okay, hold on. Um, Raven. Winter is coming. <laughs> uh, okay, here we go. Talking Raven. Now, what I'm the reason I want okay. you to hear this is because they don't have like parrots are all like <laughs> right. They're yeah, all high yeah. and everything. Ravens are like yes. What are we doing here? Ah, hello. It's like a <laughs> really okay. Wow. Yeah. So here's this one right oh. here. We got one on YouTube. I'm just gonna play it. Uh, here okay. we go. Come unprepared, don't we? Waiting, waiting. You all right? I told you. Those are people. You all right? Come on. I hate videos. That's reasonable to talk. I talk to you. You haven't got me no food. This is why I have an accent. No. I'm totally hearing that bird talk. You all right, man? kind of talk but he's not the one all right try this one here sorry that was lame how about this this is better so ravens are excellent at mimicking sounds they hear mischief can you say hello hello Good see bird did you hear that listen again he does all sorts of voices can you say hi hi good job 
And sometimes he hears people who have a cold. <coughs> Good job. Oh, he caught. That's weird. <laughs> Okay, but sometimes I have to mind. Okay, and now it just yeah, talks. but it's a lot Hello. deeper than a yeah. It's like Hello, well, what's going on? Hello, I'm a raven. Hello, uh, <laughs> Hello. it's weird, man. I wow. think it's freaking yeah. weird. Yeah, it, it, it's uh, we need our birds. We need our talking birds to sound more like uh, <laughs> Gilbert Gottfried and less like. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't. I less, don't like, like less like VM Vargas. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Turds float. Um, <laughs> exactly. All right, a drunk man in the news. Boy, those are great. Let's do one of those. Drunk, drunk man. man. What's his power, Brian? What's he do? Oh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, drunk man. Sorry, I'm pouring myself some coffee. I can't do two things at once. Yeah, but this drunk is, man's power. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, ability to wander aimlessly <laughs> as he stumbles <laughs> down the street i don't know i'm drinking coffee excelsior there you go, there you go. that was the big you you finished was, uh, good finish yes did i did i kill that bit <laughs> yeah you killed it good job uh anyway a drunk man has 13 year old drive him to get ice cream and is now charged yeah. with endangering a child uh i don't know what's well, worse what did he expect him to do drive himself to get ice cream i mean duh well that's the question is it more dangerous to drive yourself drunk or is it more dangerous to have a 13 year old drive you or what's yeah. more illegal i guess is the question here but anyway javier Eduardo martinez aguilar age 42 of lubbock mm-hmm. texas has been indicted in a charge of endangering a, cr- a child uh with criminal neglect According to the police report, September 9th, 2020, around 6.15 p.m., police pulled over a vehicle for a traffic violation in the uh, area. The officer asked the driver for a license and proof of insurance. The driver, a 13-year-old, told the officer she did not have said license. She told him her age. The officer looked or asked why she was driving. She said she was driving a family member to get ice cream before he was uh, because he was drunk. Uh, according to the police report, family member Javier Mar... Uh, <laughs> They have this full name every time. <laughs> Javier Eduardo Martinez Aguilar. How about just a, a Martinez Aguilar, age 42, of Lubbock, said they had just gone out to get some ice cream. Then the officer asked for his ID. He fumbled with his wallet and struggled to get his ID out. Later asked him to step out of the car, do all the tests uh, for the drunk part. He was drunk. Kid shouldn't be driving. You're in big trouble now. Okay, so I was ex- I was thinking that uh, Javier was in the car with her. Mm-hmm. And uh, was helping her to get to the location for the. I mean, not that that was not that that was a benefit. Like, well, I feel much better if my drunk uncle or whatever he is was in the car with her. But uh, well, he's in there. He's in the back seat. He's there the whole time. Oh, was he? Oh, yeah, yeah. Because he said she's driving the member. So then, so then the cop asked the dude to give me your license. Oh, okay, yeah. She said she was driving a family member. But then why is he saying they had just gone out to get some ice cream when they interviewed him? Meaning they they as in the girl and him. Oh, gotcha. Okay, so they put the quote they put the quote in the wrong place. Yeah. The quotation mark should be after the word they because he wouldn't have said they. I totally agree. He wouldn't say quote they. Yes, that is absolutely right. 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 Okay. All right. Dad was confusing kcbd you are dead to me you're dead, dead to, me too. to me yeah you're dead to me too you're dead to everybody someone <laughs> said didn't scott in the chat said rainbow bright says didn't scott start driving at that age no uh i did drive a car when i was 13 <laughs> and i wasn't supposed to <laughs> so yeah i've done this basically i've done this yeah yeah I just didn't get arrested and my and nobody was drunk it was just me driving you know i mean it's uh, who's to blame here because 
the uh, the 13-year-old obviously was plied with the promise of ice cream to do something illegal. So Right. Uh, I, I kind of feel like no one is at fault. It's all good. Yeah, no yeah. one's at fault. I mean, you can't help. A 13-year-old's going to do whatever for ice cream, and drunk person can't be trusted to make a decision. <laughs> so uh, I think this falls solely on the officer's Judge, uh, shoulders. Judge Ibbett has ruled in this case. <laughs> everybody's off you're all good next case next case bailiff take these two out of my courtroom and i could have like a doug llewellyn come out and introduce that's right we need a typewriter sound meet frank lenski you guys we're doing stuff that maybe a whole generation doesn't know what we're talking about he's charged with Failing to avoid a tree. <laughs> <laughs> they were always things like the you two plain people you're about to hear. They were, always, to have their... they were always things like you and your Russian neighbor with the tree hanging over the thing. That's what they those, totally were. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. But it was dumber. It was like it was like dumber things than uh, you know he's being charged with reckless endangerment and criminal neglect. It's like he's being charged with. Not sharing pie. <laughs> yep. I uh, I used to like that stuff. I don't oh, watch I any of that too. anymore. Yeah. I know Judge Judy is sort of the same thing, but and she's retiring, right? Has she done that after this year or something? I think so. I think, yeah. Judy Shinelin, I think so, yeah. She's making more money than any judge in the history of judges. <laughs> nice to me to just put the, the people's court theme into uh, chat. Oh, we should probably play it. Because why not? So. Shouldn't we? We got to get the typewriter and the bongos. Here goes. Uh, Give it a play here. Dun, dun, uh, dun. Here we go. The People's Court. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, here we go. Here it is. I'm Doug Llewellyn. On this side, lady with a two-headed monkey. She says, "Oh, this neighbor, is this is great. It's like uh, without we could add our own." Mm-hmm. Oh, this is great. Yeah, okay. that's really great. Thank you for that. Oh, we got to hold on to that. Yep, that's a keeper. <laughs> that's a keeper. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's move on to this story. I think Ken, I think Ken Kratz needs to uh, <laughs> debate in the people's court. Oh, yeah, why not? Oh, yeah, that's a great. You know, we should do a yeah. skit. We'll do a skit. We'll do a skit. We haven't done skits. Let's do skits. No, we'll do a bit. We'll do a bit, folks. Yeah, we'll It'll be a bit. bit. It'll be a skit bit. Yep, Dunaway will be our defendant. He'll happily do it. Um, well, we should can, do sk- uh, look at the uh, evidence <laughs> as I presented it. You? you know here's the problem please don't look at my phone <laughs> one, of your, one of your greatest impressions is marred by the fact that we're probably done with ken kratz like in, in, i think so yeah in like the larger the consciousness is, nobody uh, nobody knows about him like we do i don't even know what's going on with that because we did it wasn't like the brendan dassey and um can't even remember the main dude um Cletus Forbacher. For <laughs> sure. Uh, Whatever it was. Like the, the last season of Making a Murderer wasn't a resolution. And no. so we're probably due for more. Yeah, more, I would assume uh, so. I would assume so. Episodes of Making a Murderer. Yeah. yeah. And, and probably more Ken Kratz, even if it's like archive footage or something. That's right. Oh, poor J.K. Grammer. Twice he's getting mentioned on the show and he's not here to enjoy it. Oh, that's too bad. He'd See, love- Rat Law 7. Who's Ken Kratz? Exactly. See? That's uh, uh, that's some some YouTube business. Uh, yeah. Law Seven. It was a it was a fifteen minutes of fame moment. Brian nails this impression. 
<laughs> and, and now, no even, boy, it. back when when we had uh, um, face app, yeah, you know, we like had the Ken Kratz thing, and then I would just move the mouth and be, you know, do impressions with the. Uh, <laughs> oh, does that still do that? That app, I think it does, right? Might, yeah, but I'm not, I'm not doing that. It gives your gives all your face stuff to the, the the Chinese app companies, and they're gonna put them in all your stuff and never. Uh, I don't know if I believe steal your identity and, uh, and take all your money. I didn't believe uh, any of that stuff. I do think though that uh, what you're really doing is giving the China, if that's true, if they were gathering face data, you were giving yeah. them Ken Kratz's face data. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> oh no, they're gonna hack into Ken Kratz's phone, and yeah. what else are they gonna find in his text messages? We gotta find that old video. That's somewhere, right? We have that somewhere. It's very like the Ken Kratz thing. I totally have it. If it's in text, but I'm sure it's re- nine miles. If you need me to resend it? I can. You should. We should put this up and have people hear it. All right, I'll send it to you during because uh, it's the music. Freaking funny. Uh, all right. Well, while you're doing that, I'm yeah. going to tell you about a hot new treatment taking the world by storm. A uh, hot new treatment. Yeah, it's called the foreskin facial treatment. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Here's My neighbor does works. this. It's called swaffling. Oh, and well, now who needs who needs this article? <laughs> the treatment is supposed to reduce wrinkles and uh, by using skin cells from a baby's foreskin. Because mm, they, you know, they get them chopped. That's oh, right, do. they're getting it taken off. So sure, that's a why make that? Deal. Why let that go to waste? Oh, I just found. Look, I don't know if you can see my phone, Scott. Now it's too bright. Darn it! Yeah, that's like video after video. Um, (laughs) well you had a day that day look at that apparently i did um you should send i'll just randomly send you one yeah just whatever one okay here we go so i can play stuff from that and i hope it's a funny one um uh scott johnson <laughs> I want to hear this. Hold on. Oh, I guess Six I got to run. I got to run my text app. Okay, here we go. And then we add that as a source. I don't have it in loopback. Okay, here we go. Okay, so I won't hear it. You'll hear it. You'll hear it. Okay, good. I have you set up now. Um, okay, so Brian just sent this. Let's put this up where the camera can see it. This is great radio, by the way. The best radio. Yes, whatever. It's fine. Whatever. It's fine. All right, here's Brian's Ken Kratz as Ken Kratz. Enjoy. You can't spell badass without D A <laughs> It's so it's one of my favorite things you ever did. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. You guys don't even know. And if you don't know who Ken Kratz is, I I, I feel sad for you because Yeah, you can find a YouTube video of Ken Kratz and his uh his courtroom deliberation because <laughs> he was the da in the case right that was the yeah. whole thing you want to want another one yeah do one, more. Do one okay. more i mean i have like 11 of these or 12 of these or something yeah all right here's another none, one. Of them, <laughs> none of them are more than 10 seconds long all right for some reason this is black hurry if you want to come over to my house later maybe i'll drop my suit Oh my gosh, dude! Oh my gosh, I'm not. I'm gonna uh, die. 
I'm going to die. <laughs> <clears throat> that's really funny. Oh, oh, that's really, really funny. Okay. Where the hell were we? <laughs> I don't even know what we were doing now. Oh, yeah. This story about the foreskin. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah let's that's get to it. This. Those are really funny. Yeah, dangerous deep fakes. Those things are, I can tell you. That. Yeah, yes, they are. <laughs> <clears throat> oh, I wish people at home could see that. You'll you'll have to I'll have to put some on I'll have to put some on Twitter. Yeah, tweet some. It's been it's been enough time. We can we need these in our lives again. <laughs> uh all right. So this guy's getting the foreskin facial here. Uh it's not it's not widely available in the US, by the way, because uh it's just not widely available. Um but it does say <laughs> <laughs> do we need a reason yeah. really <laughs> it, it feels like we i don't know if we do but anyway so uh this guy recounts in this article his experience with this so basically he asked the question do you do a foreskin facial to the facial facialist at a uh, new york se- uh, salon they said we do a four-step facial called hydrofacial he says does it have foreskin in it uh she says well it has four steps <laughs> he says sorry i hate to labor the point but does it have actual does it contain actual foreskin and the lady says, I don't know what you mean. And she says, foreskin? And he says, yes, like the end of a penis. She says, oh, no, we don't have that here. We only treat the face. No, I get it. Does the, <laughs> does the facial ingredient contain foreskin? No, goodbye. And she hung up. Uh, oh. Apparently, though, this is popular with like celebrity types. Uh, you inject cells from the baby's foreskin, specifically a South Korean baby's foreskin for some reason, into your face. Sandra Bullock and Kate Blanchett are big fans, apparently. That bums me out. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I don't think Kate Blanchett needs anything, but whatever. Yeah. Um, she had Can't one wait last. To find out what when its candle is going to smell like next. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, Kate Beckinsale had one. She had one of those. Called it amazing. <laughs> After a couple of false starts, uh, this guy had an appointment with somebody in Manhattan. Uh, they went to a place called Hollywood EGF Facial. Six hundred and fifty bucks plus tip. <laughs> uh, he got one from a lady named Sarah. He goes on to say, "I've uh, been looking forward to it. Facial is supposed to reduce wrinkles and improve skin tone." Uh, as Whoa! Sudden- aren't you supposed to take it off the baby first? <laughs> right. See, that's what I, my first question would be. Uh, there's actually pictures of him of before and after. Yeah, he says my face is very red and very shiny. On my neck, there are red blotches where the needles have done their work. Yeah, he looks worse after. He kind of does, and uh, it also messed up his hair. Yeah, I don't. I... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he really didn't. He didn't have a good day with that. It's a really funny like before and after shot. <laughs> yeah. He does say later on, um, personally, I can't see much difference. If anything, started endless, stared endlessly into a mirror looking for changes. It made me more self conscious about my face. I noticed one of my eyes doesn't open properly. My nose is bent. There's a lump on my lip where someone punched me once uh, on one of those nights that I used Martin's ID to get into Tokyo Joe's. Perhaps as a lesson in that, maybe we shouldn't try to defy our age, he says. So he says he can't Uh, tell the difference. And here's why. Yeah. Pudding. Because there's no difference. There's no difference. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I mean, he's, you know, he's, he's trying to expose it for that. That specific thing. And he did a good job, I think, because most of this stuff is total hooey. And uh, it's a bunch of horse hockey. And the idea it needs to be a Korean baby's foreskin. What does that yeah. even mean? What does that mean? They're rarer. <laughs> Here we see the rare <laughs> Korean baby. 
<laughs> you almost sound like Werner Herzog there. Yeah. Yeah, we see. <laughs> He's got a video going around this morning. Yes. Oh, I love that. Isn't thing. that you great? I got to play that yes. real quick. I speak uh, German, English, <laughs> Austrian, Hungarian. Greek, ancient Latin. He's Klingon, so great. Look at this. I'm, I'm gonna play it. I'm gonna play it for a second. Let's All see. Right. I don't know how okay. loud this is. It might not be very loud, but I'll play it. How many languages do you speak, uh, Werner? Uh, not too many. I mean, Spanish, English, German, and then I spoke modern Greek better than English once. I even made a film in modern Greek. But that's because in school I learned uh, Latin and ancient Greek. So from ancient Greek to modern Greek, it's not that far. And I do speak some Italian and uh, I do understand French, but I refuse to speak it. <laughs> it's the last thing you, I, I would ever do. You can only get some French out of me with a gun pointed at my head. Or, or something like that. Then I would speak French. It actually happened to me. I was uh, taken prisoner in Africa and drunk soldiers on a truck, all of them 15, 16 years old, some of them 8, 9 years old, and I mean really scared. One pointing a, a, a gun here, a Kalashnikov, another one here and another one here there. So that was very unpleasant because they were all drunk and some of the little ones were stoned and I tried to explain that they probably arrested the wrong ones and the captain of them shouts at me on you parle français ici here we are speaking French so I had to say a few things in French I regret it I have done it <laughs> so, it's so great dude oh what's crazy gosh. is that he's driving a car like he's isn't he driving this car like uh yeah someone's getting in there. interviewed someone's in there in the with him and he's just driving around la or something i can't tell uh, what, what kind are. of how do i get in on this interview technique of get a ride with your interview subject while they while they take you to <laughs> mod market to <laughs> yeah. yeah it's a really odd thing in general but also just the fact that he's like, you'd have to hold a gun to my head to speak French. And like that one time where I had a gun to my <laughs> Literally head. Literally had French. guns pointed at my head. Yeah. yeah. He's such a weird dude. Oh my God. He's fantastic. And, uh, the Mandalorian. And, and somebody needs to replace the opening question with how many languages do you speak? <laughs> <laughs> right. Cause he's in a star Wars thing. Why not? Make yes, it happen. exactly. Perfect combination. All right. Final story. Actually, I'm going to save this one because we are at okay. time. Okay. We're going to take a break. Wendy will be here uh, next up, uh, Therapy Thursday. A little bit of time to talk about one of you and your questions. So we'll get to that in a minute. Before that, though, a musical break with Brian Ibbett's selection of fine music. What do we have? Yes. Uh, Brooklyn-based indie rock band that's called The Next Great American Novelist, also known as NGAN, short uh, for Next Great American Novelist. Mm -hmm. um, they've got a brand new album that just came out last week. It's called Careless Moon. And uh, uh, Delhi NYC newspaper or website or whatever they are. Maybe they're a, a magazine. I don't know what they are. Delhi NYC. Maybe they're fish paper. Fish paper. <laughs> uh, they compare them to a cross between Queen and Weezer. So I guess Queezer would be the best way to describe this band. Oh, uh, their brand new album is called Careless Moon. Just came out last weekend. It's excellent. And this is probably the most appropriate song we could play today, Scott. It is called thursday here's the next great american novelist 
let's talk about Pitney Bowes, our good pals at Pitney Bowes. Been with us for a long time. Really like these guys with Pitney Bowes and SendPro Online from Pitney Bowes. You can simply print your postage stamps and shipping labels even when you're working remotely. There's a lot of that going on right now. For as low as $4.99 a month, you'll have access to discounts up to 40%. That's off of USPS Priority Mail and now up to 62% off UPS daily rates. Plus, for being a Morning Stream listener, you receive a 30-day free trial to get started and a free 10-pound scale to ensure that you're never going to overpay. Print shipping labels and stamps whenever you need. And saving that money, I mean, holy holy heck, 62% off UPS second-day air services. That's just, that's, that's amazing. Schedule package pickups, track shipments from departure to arrival, and save five cents on every first-class letter and up to 40% off USPS priority mail. Again, starting at $4.99 a month, that's $4.99 a month. You can calculate that exact postage online, get access to the mobile app to ship and track packages on the go, print right from your PC, and avoid the post office. Go to pb.com slash TMS to access this special offer for the free 30-day trial plus a free 10-pound scale to get started. That's pb.com slash TMS. Experience your savings in your shipping costs with a free trial of SimPro online from Pitney Bowes. You haven't slept in 24 hours. You look like shit. I need you fresh. Their milkshakes bring all the boys to the yard. This is the Morning Stream. All right, we're back, everybody. Welcome back to the program. Uh, that was very cool. I like that a lot. Yeah, real good. I like that sound, like that uh, vine strokes, uh, uh, eagles and cycling, uh, sort of compared them to the strokes. <laughs> They're trying to sound like the strokes, but not nearly as good. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, not quite I didn't as... realize we had a Rolling Stone reviewer here in the audience oh, today. Yeah. Sometimes wow. you never know who's going to be in there. going to be some real smarty pantsers. Uh-huh. <laughs> Got a lot to say about stuff. Try to try to remember. What was the, it was like the, uh, it was the Matt Foley thing. You know, when he's like, uh, Oh, we got a regular reviewer in here. Oh, yeah. I don't know who that <laughs> is. I got an expert there. But Bob, you see that over there? Oh, I love that. I mean, that's funny. I was just watching like a bunch of Chris Farley stuff. I'm in the mood for Chris yeah. Farley. I wish he yeah. was alive. How old would he be now? Like 60 or something? Oh, I don't know. Probably. God, you think? Yeah. He was He was younger than us, wasn't he? No. Wasn't he born? I don't think so. Let me see. Chris Farley. I'm pretty sure he was older than us. I want to say born. Oh, yeah. He was five years older than us. So yeah, he'd be 55. 55. Yeah. He should be here. We're in 64. Yeah. Christopher Crosby Farley. Yeah. He should be here. He should be uh, He should alive. be here. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, whoops. Crap. Hold on. <laughs> One second. <laughs> Shit. Hold on, Brian. I screwed that up. All right. Whoops. There we go. Sorry. Oh, I, there we go. Hi. Sorry. Hello, Wendy. Hi. I see. There's only room on here for two people. And, uh, Brian's got to go. Wendy's coming on. I screwed that up. That was my fault. Uh, hey, it's, look who it is, everybody. Everyone knows it's Wendy. It's my sister, Wendy. She's uh, come once again to f- uh, free us from the tyranny of our own lives. Hello, Wendy. How are you? Hey. 
Tyranny of your own laws. Wow. <laughs> I know. Just making words up. That's a high bar to have to say. That's okay. Yeah, we're doing all right. You know, a lot going on, stuff happening, yeah. things going on. Did you uh, did you get to see the fly last night? The the Yeah, that was amazing. Yeah. We watched the debate with, I mean, the first debate was like a, not even a chance I would ever watch it. Um yeah. Because yeah. it was exactly what I thought it would be. Uh, but we did tune in and my kids watched and this was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Elliot's, you know, he's almost 12. He's 12 next week and he's, he's, you know, middle school stuff. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. he just says, we, we turn on the debate and I don't think he'd ever seen Mike Pence in ever. And he okay. goes, oh, is that a Russian serial killer? <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That was his first th- awesome. words, which was very funny. And yeah. then we go through, you know, we're watching it. And at some point, Pete is working on some, the top 10 places. They're they're doing this Google Earth thing where they find a place on Earth yeah. that they want to visit. And it's really clever. Man, as he got into it and he hates all other schoolwork besides stuff like this. So he's just doing it. He's super excited. And at one point in the debate, he just lifts his head up. We didn't even know if he's listening. And he goes, that's absurd. <laughs> <laughs> It awesome. was so funny. I will never watch a debate without small children around again. No it was kidding. Just yeah. So much better. Oh, I so, miss they know what's kid. going on. I yeah. know. And the fly was the highlight. I mean, they could not yeah. get over. Why is he not moving? Is he a zombie? Like, what is wrong with him? <laughs> yeah, like. And that's... then Elliot, or yeah, Elliot would just go <laughs> Russian training. <laughs> <laughs> Your kids. I miss funny. your kids. They're freaking riots. But here's the thing. Did you ever think that, uh, you know, you lived here a very long time in your life and you know how we get late fall flies. Uh, that's just the way it is. In the fall and late summer, Utah gets yeah. flies. And fruit flies. I That would not have surprised me if he was covered with fruit flies. Yeah, that's the other thing. Because so, those things are nuts. In so fall. It's the, yeah. my first thought in seeing it was like, oh, well, yeah, it's fly season. That's hilarious. But then it sat there for two minutes and I went. No, you 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 feel that, and you flip, you you do this, you move your hand, yeah, and you, you just wave them off, yeah, exactly. Yeah, get rid of that damn thing. So that anyway. was very funny. It's very odd, but uh, what is not odd is our usual Thursday meetup with Wendy, where we help you with your problems. She is an actual therapist, helps people all the time with real stuff, and here to help you with yours. Uh, we're gonna read an email this week, and I will not use their real name. I'll call them B from Virginia. Okay, all right. There's a lot of bees in Virginia, so I wouldn't worry too much about. Uh, any of you being called out. Here's what this Flies says. in Utah, bees in Virginia. There you go. <laughs> Midlife dilemma is the subject line, and it says this. Hello, I am at a flashpoint in my career and life, and I need help. I work in, a, in higher education, and my department went under its third reorg in less than three years. This time, however, I was reorged out of a job. Being uh, uh, in higher ed, I had pr- uh, protections. So even though I've been reassigned to grunt work, I actually will keep my job for the next 12 months before I lose my salary and benefits. That's interesting. I didn't know that was a thing. Anyway, I will be 42 next month and have a wife and and a five-year-old daughter. I've been in the IT field since I left college, but it's always been a job uh, and never something I've ever been attached to, which I think is a problem in itself. I've uh, see, I haven't stayed with my job for more than four years at a time for one reason or another, it's always been my choice to leave and take up another job until this time. Uh, we need to get a somewhat comparable salary and a job that provides health insurance uh, with whatever I wind up getting. I feel like an event like this should have me looking at what I truly want to do with my life, but I cannot answer that. Someone once told me <clears throat> I need to figure out what my passion in life is, but no matter how long I think about it, 
I cannot answer that and I feel like something is wrong with me since I can never answer it. Sure, there are things I like in life, but none that could support my family. I'm never, uh, sorry, I've never been able to answer the question, what do I want to be when I grow up? Um, I worry that I will go through life until retirement age and look back and not be able to see that my contribution or what my contribution in life is. My mindset has always been on the side of regret and worry of missing out. Uh, I feel that if I don't do something about it, I'll be stuck in a rut and I will never be able to get out of it. If this makes a difference in all of this, I love my family. None of this is related to regret or issues with my family. It's all focused on career and work-life choices. My wife has been very supportive. And if I told her I wanted to pivot my career to something else, uh, that she would go uh, that she would go along with it. But I have so much worry that I uh, would choose to do something completely different and then in three or four years get bored and want to do something else. I don't want to put her through that and it wouldn't stick if it wouldn't stick for good. Thanks and take care. B from Virginia. P.S. I was the one that sent you or told you guys that, that there were par- uh, pterodactyls in Jurassic Park, and I still feel guilty about that to this day. It's a whole, whole separate thing. Well, I know about all yeah. based on that. I say we don't help them. Yeah, trash. <laughs> you know what? You 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 buried the the headline here. Now That's now right. we're not helping you. Led no. with that. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, I I don't know. That I would call this midlife crisis. That's not what it feels to me. This feels like a like a real, like a moment of, uh, of decision for him. And I feel, mm-hmm. I feel him, <laughs> I feel what this feels like. And I totally get it. Uh, what do you tell Wendy people who are at this kind of crossroads in their lives? Well, first of all, I would disagree. It is a midlife crisis oh. and oh, crisis right. is the wrong word. He wrote the right word. He wrote dilemma, which is also mm. spelled correctly. I will note mm. midlife <laughs> dilemma with two M's because <laughs> he had a better education than I did. <laughs> or, or a spell check. Yeah, spell. Or spell check. <laughs> Could be. Yeah. Uh, no, I would. I would say it absolutely is. First of all, this there's human development, and part of human development, you know, we're so good at the younger years, and and you know, we watch a child grow and go, oh yeah, there's this phase, and then oh, remember the kid was so horrible at four, but now is a sweetheart at eight, and you're like, well, it's because of blah blah blah, right? We don't often go, well, do you remember him at 39? He was so interesting, and then at 42. <laughs> Um, we don't do that. And, and we're also in the middle of living it, most of us. Right. And so it's, it's sort of hard to see it in the bigger context. Um, older folks in their, you know, 60 to 70 range, there's the, the legacy, um, phase of things. I'm not, I'm not sure I'm getting the ages right, but kind of like he, and and this is the beginning of that, which is what is my contribution? Right. Mm -hmm. And most of the time up until about 40, everyone else in history would just either die by then or somehow get by without, you know, getting a brand new sports car or something. But, you know, our version <laughs> of it now, and people will joke about quarter life crisis. Yeah. And th- there is developmentally something that happens around that age too, which is again, I'm spending all day doing a particular thing. I should care about this. Um, so he, he's at a dilemma. He, he's at this point for a reason, age wise, developmentally wise, he just got a kick out the door from his job. Yeah. Because I'm guessing if he kept his job, he'd just keep his job. And then three or four years later, he'd change to something, you know, like we have an established pattern of how he's um, sort of lived his life. And so you can say, all right, is there something wrong with him? Or is that just like his jam and his style and it's fine? I don't know. But he's now at a developmental place and a job loss where he has to really think about this stuff and really decide what what it is he wants to do. So I want to start with take some of the pressure off. This is a normal to be at this place, but the pressure, and this is interesting if uh, I didn't look this up before I meant to, but um, 
college commencement speeches for the last hundred years. What did they talk about? Mm. And when you go through and look at the difference between one sort of generation or, you know, I can't remember what year it was. I want to say it was like 98, 5, 99, something. There was a shift in what was talked about at college graduations. It went from like duty to society or whatever the previous sort of cool thing to say was. And it all turned into find your passion. Mm. Right. Yeah. So every generation before didn't really need to go find their passion. They just needed to be a cog in the wheel and <laughs> right. Know, just keep your, your head down, do what you're told to do and make Get it done. Raise yeah. the next generation. Don't be terrible. Yeah. Right. Like right. that was yeah. it. But there was very much a shift in. Um, and, and I do think we give millennials a hard time, but partly because we've been brainwashing them with this idea for a long time, which is mm-hmm. if you aren't living your passion, then are you even a person, you know, like are they're even is, living, yeah. are you even living. And it is so, and, and also you should be working 3000 hours a day mm-hmm. for it to be valuable. So there's a lot of like sort of cultural garbage that's been shoved down people's throats in that, in that regard. Now, some people find their passion, live their passion, like cool. Um, but I, I would say that can't be the majority. Right. Um, and, and then there's plenty of people like this guy who just don't even know what it is. So there's books, plenty of books about how to figure this out. How do I find my passion? How do I now, if you've read one of those and it didn't change one thing for you, then you might be in a particular category. And we'll talk about that in a second. But if you have read one of those or watched enough Ted talks or whatever it is you do to get inspired to move towards discovering this thing that you care about and want to do and it does work and you start moving in that direction awesome then that's that's the problem the problem is you just needed someone to guide you to find it but i am suspicious and maybe i'm totally off and you guys can just stop me um i'm suspicious that he doesn't have a passion that is a burning lifelong one that would be interesting on instagram Mm. (laughs) it's just not gonna be there yeah um, or, or he has one and he just doesn't realize he's not connecting it with, with being a career, like having a career doing it, you know? Right. Or like that a, it needs to be one and the same, right? Like right, somehow right. it's mm-hmm. possible to have things you care about and work you do that is not getting you health insurance. Because the reality is if everyone was doing the only the thing they loved, no one would have employment. <laughs> mm-hmm. This is why I want yeah. Medicare for all right. is that people can live their passion because they don't have to go bankrupt from being, you know, whatever. Anyway, but that idea that he is, um, because here's, here is my main point is if you took the pressure off and I get it, there's a job loss. So there's pressure. I don't, I'm not trying to minimize that, but the pressure for it to be passion, what happens? And then maybe the pressure to find your passion somewhere else, like it, it gets moved away from your job. Um, just cause his track record shows me that, you know, he's got this lifelong thing of he switches jobs. He does whatever he's been fine to provide. Like nothing's, mm-hmm. nothing's wrong. Um, except that there's this contrast or he's had people tell him like, you got to find what you love. I'm just not going to add to it. Right. Like that, my resistance to this is, it sounds great. It's like, like, like the, the um, building music, like you got to find, I just think <laughs> you have to be careful for that. Cause there's so many people that's not realistic for, or not even what they need to hear. Yeah. So maybe I'm being overly biased towards screw, find your passion and 
spend a little time figuring out what you want to do in a day to bring home the bacon and pay for some insurance. And then where your energy could go is very different, right? Yeah. If I need to find my passion and maybe, and again, he, he says, I, he doesn't have my, am I remembering this right? No hobbies, really nothing. That's like doesn't calling jump, him. didn't call any of that stuff out. He did say there's things yeah. he likes, but he says he didn't feel like he didn't get specific, but he didn't feel like any of that would put food on the table or pay the rent. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and maybe there is a way to attach something he likes to a job. And so, yes, he can be thoughtful and think through some of that. There's, amazing career counseling out there. There is tests you can take that say, you know, you ought to do this. We always joke that Adams took one of those tests in college and it was something hilarious. It was like a firefighting vet or something weird (laughs) that he couldn't do. I remember those tests. Yeah. I wish I could dig mine up and see what it told me I should do because I'm sure it's uh, the furthest thing from what I actually do now, even though those things didn't really, some of that didn't exist back then, but yeah. There's no way I took a test that told me I'd be a therapist. There's no mm-hmm. way. Yeah. Cause I accidentally became one anyway, right? Like that, <laughs> none of this was planned. And right. so, okay. So my bias might be a little bit of like, Oh, I stumbled into it, whatever. But you know, at 42, you think, Oh, and this is why midlife stuff occurs. Right. So we think about the first 40 years are trying to learn how the world works and putting your head to the, to the grind. That's not right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Working hard and figuring it out and, and money's very appealing and, you know, feedback from others that you're good. All that stuff can really, I mean, that'll get you going for a while, but then there is a moment in your late thirties, mid forties, and it can vary in time for people, but there's a developmental step that is almost like a light open turns on and goes, yeah, it's like, none of this means anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that is alarming, right? It's a it's an existential dread moment, maybe. Sure. And yeah. so you think I'm spending all this time, and I do all these things, and so it really is a, a a dilemma because you don't know how you don't have the skill set to manage this quite yet. But it's also an off awesome like opportunity to just figure out what you do want to spend your time doing. And it sounds like his family's awesome. He's got a good wife. He feels like he's successful. He is, yeah. but there is this piece to it that, um, you know, he's, he's struggling with. So when you guys hear his story and have you ever a been involved? I mean, I feel like Scott, you were born you're like, a, there was a muse constantly running around our house going, Scott, you should do crazy things with your brain. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you've always had, even though it's not, you're not a cartoonist in the paper. Like dad thought you would be, Yeah. <laughs> um, but you, it, it, this seems like you didn't have a choice. It just, you're meant to be that, right? I feel like there are people like that. Yeah. That it's I also, not a choice. I would also say, um, despite that feeling, and I, and you're right, there, I have felt that way my whole life that I was always going to do, you know, that I wanted to do the creative thing, whatever that path was. And, and yeah, I'm happy to say I got there, right? I figured it out. But there's a huge chunk of time where, I felt like I had missed the boat. Like I was just like, this isn't going to work. It's not going to happen. And mostly I felt that feeling in my twenties and early thirties where I thought it should have happened already or that, that everything should have aligned to how I needed it to work so that I could make it happen. And the, and the stark realities of, of some of that, like you say, you know, cartoon in the newspaper, like dad wanted or thought I would do. Um, turns out that was a 
that was a near impossible thing. There's, you know, a thousand people waiting outside a gate. The gatekeeper has one key and he lets one guy in every 10 years. And that was that business. Like, I didn't know that. I just thought, hey, anybody who's creative enough and funny enough, they can probably get a cartoon made. And it didn't work that way. Um, The Internet made it possible for me and millions of others to finally find a way to outlet their creativity and do it in a way that can build an audience and blah, 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 blah. So so that was really nice happenstance. But even then, I remember right before jumping out to do this full time in 2009, so we're 11 years on now, um, having the daytime job, which was not fulfilling and feeling very bummed out on it and having this thing I did at night that was very fulfilling and was working out great. And then me feeling like I was at this moment of like, well, am I, if I, does that make me terrible if I want to do this full time? And I, and I, you know, I go for this weird risk and I'm kind of risk averse. I feel like part of that was watching dad lose his businesses and struggle, you know, to make ends meet for a lot of time, especially in high school. I just, I, that's stuff's very vivid for me. Um, because that's when the, you know, his business crashed and we lost the house, lost the boat, lost the cars, lost the everything. All the stuff we thought was cool was gone. And, and, uh, you know, we're on some form of welfare for a while. Like it was a real weird time. And I think that made me chicken of risk and afraid of it still to this day. I think I'm still a little afraid of certain, certain levels of risk, but I felt like what he's saying around 2009, like the words coming out of this email seem very familiar to me from that, yeah. from that time. And the difference is I wasn't being laid off anywhere, but I had these two versions of me that were, that were conflicting. One was a very unfulfilling job, but that was, had some semblance of security. Turns out that was all false security because that company's gone now, <laughs> but, uh, but it was there, right? And there was insurance and there was ways to make it all work. And it meant you could pay the house and pay the car and get the kids in school and feed them and all that. Or this other thing that was risky, but it looked more and more like I could probably make a go of it. And it still made me take too long. I probably should have done this in like 06, but it t- I still like not until 2009 did I make this jump. And that jump was hard, man. That was freaking hard. I was, I really struggled with it. And so finally doing it was a big deal for me, but it doesn't mean that there aren't days even now where things aren't overwhelming or I've, I've got too much on my plate or, you know, all those same kind of things happen. You get tired, you get burned out one week or whatever. Um, so to answer your question, I feel like I had his moment and then took the, took the dive. So I don't know if I'm the best person to ask because I now, mm-hmm. my you, only regret you, is I did it later than I should have. You know what I mean? I mean, it's, it's similar in, in the, like you have a moment, but I don't think the similarity ends there. He has nothing calling him necessarily to do a particular thing. Mm. And, and I don't know, I don't know if you've had this experience. Like, um, I mean, Scott, what if it was like, like you could choose from it, I don't know, just pick a bunch of random jobs and then go, okay, which one do I want to do when none of it's art? Like (laughs) that's where he's at. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so the question then becomes like, what's the best version of him and the life that he would like to live? So I want him to do something and, and anyone nearing the 42nd birthday, (laughs) 42, 42, which is the reason I moved to Sweden was the number 42. Have I ever told you that story? No, no, no. Yeah. So I was 32 at the time and I had a pretty small private practice at that point. It wasn't a ton of people, but I had five couples, which I never have five couples at once that I see. And all five 
one person in the couple was 42 years old. Oh, weird. And one person in every couple was cheating on their spouse through Facebook. Oh, wow. Which is another reason <laughs> I hate that place. I hate it so much. Yeah. But they'd found, reconnected with someone or found someone new, blah, blah, blah. So I had these five affairs happening all at once, which let me just say, I well, usually Bjorn, would see one. Bjorn couple. certainly likes my posts a lot more than. Uh... <laughs> That was bad. Anyway, so I came home after a day of realizing that it, it suddenly I was like, wow, there's at least one 42 year old in every one of these marriages. What the crap happens at 42? So I came home and said to Adam, what is the thing you'll regret? Because what I figured out about most of these couples is they had nothing they were working on together. There was no shared struggle anymore because they were established by then or, you know, whatever very, you know, they just didn't have anything mutually bonding or hard maybe, or even connecting them. And so I asked Adam what he would regret if we never did. And he said, live in Europe. And I said, me too, because we both love it over there. And so we spent the next five years saving every penny we possibly could so that we could go. And then we went and then spent every penny and then we came back. (laughs) But, um, It was because of these 42-year-olds. They scared the crap out of me. Mm. And I turned 42 while I was in Sweden. And it was hard. I was trying to learn another language. We were, I mean, talk about starting over and acting stupid when you're 40. That's what we did. Mm -hmm. And uh, I feel like it helped us skip a lot of the 42-year-old garbage. But here's the thing about it. It is something happens. So my joke is always it's 42. So what I'd like this guy to do. And any 42-year-old listening. This just hit me, by the way. I would have been, I would have turned 42 when I made this decision. I oh, know. Brian, Weird. would you do at 42? I'm trying to think. I, uh, I mean, yeah. I had, Vegas. let's see. So that was, what, nine years ago? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I was already doing, um, already doing Coverville at that point. Um, but that was probably... I mean, I was probably working for a different Boulder software company at that point, And I think I was ready to kind of break out and kind of go on my own. I was thinking about this and, and wanted to interject, but I didn't want to please stop okay. your flow. But maybe the question for him isn't necessarily, what do you want to do? It should be like, what kind of place do you want to work for? Because when I, when I started working, I was thinking about this. Um, I went to school for art and then I kind of got... Because uh, because of the art background, I got hired by the software company to help with designing and laying out their documentation. But it turned into managing their support department and flying to places and doing installations and things like that. Nothing at all that had to do with my education. And But it was because I worked for this smaller company, it was at the time kind of the dream job. I was doing a bunch of different things, less less like, oh, what is your dream career? What is it that you want to do for the rest of your life? It's more like, what kind of company do you want to work for for the rest of your life? A small company that where you kind of have your hand in a bunch of different things and your every day is something different or a larger company where you can kind of be, you know, not be the focus, not be the center of, uh, of attention. Um, for me, it was like, oh, the small company vibe was absolutely the way. And maybe, maybe him looking for something like that instead of saying, I want to do this job for the rest of my life. It's my passion. It's my dream. Maybe looking at it as, Oh, I want to work for a company that, that is this size or is this, um, that has this vibe to it. I don't care what I do there, but that's the kind of thing I'd want to work for. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And maybe they care about a thing I care about. Right. 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 Um, yeah. So aligning, and this is, you're exactly right. Perfect. 
and this actually what I want everyone to do is sit down with a piece of paper and write out at, you know, he's 42. He's had a couple experiences in his life, write out what his values are that really matter, you know, like rank them a little bit. So what matters in a place um, where you work? And then you can go into the details of like, do you prefer smaller companies? Do you prefer, um, you know, what industries do you feel comfortable wanting to be a part of? And, you know, and so you're not finding passion because it's, I need to paint murals. That's my passion. Or I need Mm to, I don't know what other people are passionate about, but you know, it's not that it can be, you can have passion for a um, for it's quality just, of it's just murals. Life. That's it. Murals is all anyone cares about. It's all I want to do is murals. Yes. <laughs> if you don't, if you have passion, you only have one one lane to get in. <laughs> um, well, and and I think another thing is there's a lot of people have a lot of passion about money, and that's not really a passion. What it is is your the money buys you something that you care about. So it could be security, safety, value that you matter or whatever. So you got to dig a little, like if you write down like, Oh, I gotta, you know, I care about this thing. And then just always ask one or two questions after of like, why, why is that your passion? Or why do you care about working at a company with less than 50 people? Why do you, you know, and, and if you ask at least two whys, five is ideal, go five whys in, you will find, Oh, it's probably security, safety, it's connectivity, it's relationship. It's, you will find what you actually care about. And that's actually passion right there, everybody. So if you want to work somewhere where everyone's racist, that you can find a place. You just got (laughs) to dig a little. You got to look in for that. uh, that, They don't hide as much anymore, but you used to have to dig a little harder. Um, (laughs) But you find a place where it's, and this isn't just like segmenting yourself to everyone who's like you or something. No, it's just finding, um, Areas where your passion does, it, it does exist. It just may not look like, you know, the commencement speech has told you it was supposed to look or that your buddy's saying, because, and again, when somebody says, find your passion, I, I want you to try this. Just turn around and say, so what's yours? And then yeah. see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because most people don't actually do it, have it, know. I mean, you are not alone is, is the point. Like really, really, really not alone. Yeah, and there's also um, a feeling of even if you find it, I've felt this before, you'll find what it is, you may even be doing what it is, and then you'll still be in a world where everyone compares themselves to each other, and you'll still say, well, is my passion as cool as this other passion that someone else Yeah, has? there's no winning. There is no Which winning. is the beauty of being 42. Like, yeah. there are some things you are have gained in this decade that you did not have before. Yeah. And that is perspective and you can start to stop caring what people think. There's lots of like cool things around the corner that are developmentally appropriate and, but no one taught you either. Right. So it is a, it's, it's, it's actually really exciting. It's one of my favorite groups of people to work with because it's like the, their brain is no longer um, stuck in the, what they think is all right. Right. Like the demands of whatever was required. Usually, you know, to please their father or, you know, whatever garbage was leading up to them being wherever they're at at 42, um, that stuff can break away and there's space for something new, which is like, what a gift, right? So Mm -hmm. first of all, a gift that you've lived this long. Second of all, a gift that you have a chance to do this. It sounds like, you know, your life's been pretty good up to this point. Let's, let's keep it going. And, you know, like honoring that there's some benefits to this moment that, 
can feel stressful. But here's another piece, and we can do a whole uh, hour on this some other time. Um, and I'm not going to do it today. But another thing to write on your paper, I think, could be really helpful is to write the parts down. So I, a part of me wants to, and then write it out. A mm. part of me feels blank. A part of me, and so often they're very contradictory, right? So Scott, you're in 2009, which is like, I mean, Adam went out on his own in 2008, which is like a, the best timing, right? The whole yeah. economy crashes and you're like, yeah. cool, yeah. Yeah, let's, let's go. do this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this feels like the wrong time to be to be focused for, for our uh, submitter to be so focused on this kind of decision. Things, yeah, you, you might even have the you, same feeling, right? Like that right. feeling we I had in 0809. I would think. I would yeah. think. And and so the imperative is there and it's like maybe extra stressful and I can understand his worry. Right. Yeah. Um, but if he can write that down, like a part of him is worried, not all of him, a part of him. So Scott, you had a part of you that was like, Oh, there's no way this is going to work. And yeah. then a part of you that's like, I have to do this. Yeah. I'll die if I don't. Yeah. And a part, you know, so we talk in parts and we have these parts and often they're contradictory. Um, there's some really fun work I have been doing recently with people and their parts that is, like, like I can't, I can't stop geeking out about it. It's so fun. <laughs> wow. um, anyway, and it's really cool and helping people in ways that I've never been able to help them. It's pretty awesome. Anyway, yeah. but, but these, and we could do maybe a little fun example of it sometime, but um, the knowing what these parts are saying and then sort of looking at them all on paper, like this part wants this, this part's afraid of this, this, you know, this part of me needs, needs this. And so those, what are they? And just being aware, you got a whole team in your head that is, everyone's in there to protect you. Every one of those parts you just wrote down is there to save you from getting hurt, being embarrassed, humiliated, left, abandoned. They're, they're all doing their jobs. And that's why they're arguing over each other. And they keep emerging in different times because they're, they want to keep you safe. So the part that says, no, stick with traditional do nothing outside of this box. You know, that part's just trying to keep you safe. Yeah. And then another part that's like, do it, jump off, go. You know, that part is like, hey, there's another life out there, right? So seeing your your conflicting parts as your friends rather than your enemies is incredibly life-altering. Mm. <laughs> Not easily done, but maybe even just getting it out in front of you can be can be helpful. And that's just true for anybody who's who's got conflicting parts sort of emerging all the time in their life is to get them all on paper in front of you and see what each of these parts are trying to do and say and, and recognize, you know, they're, they're there to try to save you from yourself a little bit. Do you think there's anything to this idea that at 42, part of what, you know, we'll just keep using that date as this titular date, but um, yeah. it's, there's something about finding out that Kind of everything you th either you were told or thought you were told was a little bit of a lie. And by that, I mean, you were growing up, you were told, well, people like when you're in your teens, if you're 30, you're done. Like you've made you, you are whatever you are and you've developed fully and you're an adult and and you're now you're a, you're an old person doing old person things. And that's just the normal. And you're there and you're done. You don't have to do anything else. Which is a really simple, weird notion that you have when you're younger, but when you actually it's get to this, it's not taught to you, but that it's just what you're observing. It's just what you observe, exactly. You, every family I see seems like that's what they're doing until you scratch, and then you're like, "Oh, you guys are a hot mess under there." Right. But it looks like you're adulting, and you've got children, and you know what the crap you're doing. But yeah. And so there's a realization you know, at, uh, at whatever age where you hit it, and you just go, 
I'm on I'm trying to do a template that's not even mine. <laughs> like I didn't have any say in the design of this template. And it could right. be as broad as like, well, this is just every American or this is just everybody in London or this is whatever wherever you live. But also you could just see it as like, well, my this is what my parents wanted, or this is me trying to make them happy, or you know, you come to that realization around that age and it and it can feel like like the crisis everyone calls it. Uh applying a hot new sports car and a and a girlfriend on the side doesn't necessarily solve anything. But I understand that thing. I understand that thing. Like I understand this desire to like, I'm not where I want to be or doing what I want to do. And I'm halfway through my life. I must have a fast car and a fast woman. You know what I mean? (laughs) I kind of get why people end up there. And the stuff you're talking about today, you know, is smart because it would really help people avoid that. Because that yeah. none of that leads to anything happy. You're not going anywhere happy with that. I'm sorry. I don't care who. No. You like no, and, the and car it, or the wife. Is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Either way. No matter the fast woman. I haven't heard that word like together for. Forever. It's very I funny. I haven't um, either, which is weird. Well, yeah, and then it. it's a. I mean, it's an opportunity. It's like two paths are before you. It, one of introspection and one of understanding sort of this developmental stage that's normal. I mean, we all joked about midlife crises our whole life, and then suddenly we're 42 and going, oh, is this it? Is this what this is supposed to feel like? And, you know, it's a chance to go, well, I'm not going to deal with anything, and then I'll deal with it in these very maybe destructive ways or whatever. Or it's a, huh, maybe this is cool, and it's a chance to, to think through some things. And it may be that his decision is, well, I'll just try this thing for the next three to four years and I'll just keep my pattern up. Yeah. You know, like yeah. it's not actually hurting me and it, our family's doing okay. My wife's supportive. And then what do I care about in these places that I work that maybe tweaks my experience? So Brian, you were saying like you had different experiences that were not in the job description mm-hmm. and you grew. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, if, if growth is one of your values and that feels like that's what you want, then, you know, seek those things out and keep changing jobs every three to four years. That's normal. Yeah. I mean, anyone yeah. works anywhere more than four years. What's wrong with you? you yeah, know exactly. I mean? Your goal could be variety. Yeah. You know? Yeah. There's so getting real honest with, with it. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And, and I like newness. That's why I like to move. Um, and you could say, wow, that's pathological and you're wasting a lot of money. And the truth is I am wasting a lot of money. <laughs> But I really like new places and new people and new experiences. And yeah. I, and I, th- and I think, well, okay, I can pathologize that, which I, there maybe is some there <laughs> or I can um, like work with what I need or be honest about what it is that's happening. You know I mean? Like a little depth with this can, I think it will reveal to you a couple things maybe you hadn't thought about. And that also includes like, what do I want where do I want to be in the next 10 years? Do you really want to be working a hundred hours a week at a law firm? Maybe not. Yeah. Maybe what you really want to be in five years is like the job is steady and you're spending time on the weekend, you, you know, doing go-karts and that's all you care about it, at some point, like the freedom to do the thing outside of work. That might be the thing that you're, you care about. So yeah. well, now you write out want, your stuff. You're making I me mean, want to do go-karts. The answer is always in writing. Yeah. I want to do go-karts now. So thanks for that. I do too. It's <laughs> right now. Like, yeah. you know, not for a living. Sorry. I just want to do go-karts. Yeah, that sounds all right to all me. Right. Um, all right. I uh, I think this is great. I, I hope this helps. It's a much more positive take on this than I expected. In other words, less, uh, 
it, it does feel like an opportunity and less like a, a crossroads or a, or a crisis as people would typically call it. Um, mm-hmm. So I think he's probably got uh, more options than he thinks. Last, so. what, sorry. One last thing of yeah. just like, go read one figuring out your passion book and then chuck any other idea that that's what you're supposed to be doing after you've read that book. Cause if that book doesn't inspire you and get you to whatever, then that's not your problem. Mm. Um, yeah, but I feel you- like people sometimes need, because it is so common. It is so common for me to be like, well, what is your passion? Like everyone's Oprah. Come on. It's not, it's not how that works. <laughs> no. Um, no. And it causes more damage than good for those that that's not the case. Um, yeah. Because it's, the majority of us. Yeah, that's most <laughs> of us. It's kind of like um, this notion that, you know, we, we're real big on this in America, but this idea that you can you can be the next Jeff Bezos. Anyone right. in America can be. And the answer to that is complicated, sort mm-hmm. of, but mathematically the probability is off the charts bad for you to become the next Jeff yeah. Bezos. Like yeah. it's a, it's a, it's, it is actually harmful, I think, to say to people, um, if you get critical of the way Jeff Bezos handles something and then someone says, well, you could be, you could be him. Just admit it. You're jealous. You could be him. Why, why don't you just be, him? you can't just be him. And if everybody yeah. was him, then what world is that? That isn't, that's not impossible. It doesn't work. It's not possible. So, uh, so yeah, don't, I don't know why I brought that up, but don't think about it. Be that. Jeff Bezos. That's yeah. the answer. Yeah. That's be, right. be that's Jeff Bezos. You don't know what to do. Be Jeff Bezos. <laughs> be Jeff Bezos. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, let us know how it goes, uh, the listener, and uh, we we are hoping for the best for you. It's also I, one other thing is all this stuff Wendy's talking about, where you can study and think and and write down all this stuff and whatever. You've afforded yourself this because the place you work gives you a year to do that. Yeah. So you've it's got rad. time to like work mm-hmm. through that stuff in a way that a lot of people don't have that option. So um, see that as an opportunity and 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 go for it. Um. All right, Wendy. Good stuff as always. We're getting closer to a new phase of realsteps.org in November. Signups can happen now, though, right? People can get in there. Uh, they can, yeah, put their email in. I'm going to start sending out the official signup stuff as soon as I realize it's October now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Wendy, today yeah. is October 8th. Just October is already half over. What are you talking to, about? Yeah, just oh to help you. Oh, my gosh. Is that true? Is yeah. It the that no, weird? no, no, no. It's not half, but it is definitely the 8th. So, uh, uh, can I tell you real quick what we did last weekend? This was so fun. Sure. And if you live anywhere that this is possible, it was awesome. So the YMCA is really, really big here. Mm-hmm. And there was one in every community and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, they have these, I don't know, they're however old the organization is, but they purchased all the camps along all the most gorgeous places, right? So there's a YMCA camp on this lake or that lake. Like, so they're amazing places. So what they did was they souped up their Wi-Fi because they, probably didn't have any wi-fi but they souped it up and then families could come and work from the camp and the kids could go to school do you know online schooling yeah and so and it's only a handful of families right and so we went and it was in wisconsin on this lake i mean it was so stunning i can't even stand it that like kids go to camp there it's like the most beautiful place i've ever been and uh we slept in the bunks that the kids slept in it was pretty hilarious Pretty yeah. uncomfortable, but, yeah. <laughs> and you pay, and you pay a fraction of what you would to run anything else. Right. And you're just, you could use all their stuff. So we threw hatchets and shot arrows and ran around in the forest. It was so nice. So I would recommend if you have a YMCA camp anywhere near you, see if they're doing this because it's 
super cheap, but you had all the cool stuff. And I, I saw three clients sitting in a camp director's office because um, I could work from there. My kids got all their homework done. It was pretty awesome. Well, that so, sounds great. It, it was, and it was gorgeous. Now, I'm not saying everyone can go anywhere and do whatever. Like, I realize that. But winter is coming. Yeah. So maybe we should have a self-care conversation at some point, too, mm. about just sort of how we navigate this winter, everybody, um, with life being the way it is and just making sure you are, you know, taking time to get some. For sure. So that was good. That'd be it was a, a really nice good topic. Yeah. 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 Also go get. So you. maybe someone write in. That always gives us a, a kick. Yeah. 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 An email related question. to this issue uh, will get us started. So yeah. Uh, send that in and uh, get your flu shots. That's the important thing. Yes. All right. Exactly. Uh, Wendy, have a okay. fantastic week and uh, we'll see you next Thursday. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye now. Bye. All right. There she goes. There she goes again. There she goes. I love that song. I do too. Is it wrong to love a song that's that poppy and No, God, nothing at all wrong 40. with that. Okay, all right. Yeah. Uh, you know, just making sure Stop I'm Stop it. Not... Stop it. Put, <laughs> Stop put down it. yourself. That's a great song. <laughs> the laws. It is good stuff. It is. You're not wrong. All right. Brian, um, your job is to go get more Ken Kratz videos made. Our job <laughs> is to uh, end things here today with a couple of quick things. An email from, uh, let's see, this is from Renee A. in the Tadpole. From Folsom, California, she says. Uh, hey, Stephen Brain. Just a quick email to let you guys know that this morning's uh, this morning's Battle Royale with Dunaway, so this has been yesterday on the Rolling Stones' top guitar players, was so freaking <laughs> hilarious. Thank you for the laughs. I needed that so much at a time where I am in a very low place. Love you guys, Renee. Well, that is great to hear that we made we made ourselves laugh. It was a funny yes. episode. Oh, that was so much fun. Yep, yeah. it was real good. So um, who do we thank again? Who, who was it that gave us that... Oh, the coffee guy. Kahawa coffee guy. AJ DeBecker, yeah. Yeah, yep. that was pretty great. So thank you yep. for that. Oh, Renee's in the chat. Hey, Renee. Hey, Renee. We're glad we made your day yesterday. Renee. 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 Uh, finally, <laughs> one of these. Fan service! We got a fan service from Jeff Sire, our friend to the north. He says, not for me personally, but for the community at large. I am a huge fan of the rebooted XCOM franchise. So am I, Jeff. Love those games. I'm more than a little embarrassed when I look at my time played on Steam. The time that made me, or sorry, the team that made the amazing Long War and Long War 2 mods for XCOM 2 have a Kickstarter of their own game. It's called Terra Invicta, which you can go search for on Kickstarter.com and you can find it. Terra, T-E-R-R-A, Invicta, just like it sounds. <laughs> After reading the first paragraph to their pitch, I knew I would back this. If you like the Long War mods uh, and th this is completely your bag, it's already funded, but I uh, thought any XCOM fans would appreciate hearing about this, Jeff. Uh, awesome. That's very cool, Jeff. I love the XCOM games. Huge fan of those. And I've not tried the Long War mods, so that's interesting. Um, I'll have to dig into that and see what's up because I haven't done that. But, uh, oh, yeah, they're doing real good in here. So this is great. Oh, their first. Cool. Here's their first thing. What if aliens hell bent on dominating humanity arrived in our solar system today? Would we unite and find a way to defend ourselves, both on Earth and in space, or would our divisions be our downfall? Terra Invict is a grand strategy invasion game for the PC. It lets you explore these questions. Ooh, I, I hate to I hate to say it, but I think we'll probably 
turn on ourselves. But anyway, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> uh, thank cool. you, Jeff, for yeah. fan service. If you guys have fan service you want us to mention on the show, uh, let us know. That email is themorningstream at gmail.com. We are supported by you directly at patreon.com slash TMS. We thank you all for your support and encourage those who haven't to hop on over there and even throw us something as small as a buck. You get your bonus content every week and other great prizes and rewards. That's patreon.com slash TMS. If you're looking for any other way to get a hold of us or any other links we talk about on the show, all of it is at frogpants.com slash TMS. All right, Brian. Let's do the thing. What are we doing? Oh, song. Got to do song. We got a song. Boy, have we got a song. Um, All right. So let me read the request that kind of goes along with this. Uh, Tyler and Anna wrote in earlier uh, this month, said, hey, guys, it's my son Tristan's 23rd birthday on October 6th. Yes, that was a couple days ago. He's now the same age I was when he was born. Crazy how time flies. I can remember my Tristan meeting Brian's Tristan at Nerdtacular 2111, the one at Noah's. Uh, He moved to Oregon this summer, and I really miss having him around. He's a regular listener of the show, and we wanted to give him a little surprise for his birthday. I don't know what kind of music he's into right now, so I'll leave the song choice up to the cover master. Well, I I looked, uh, Tyler and Anna, and um, I went to his Facebook page. I friended him, and then I started scrolling and scrolling and scrolling to see if maybe he gave a hint as to bands he's interested in right now or uh, songs he really likes, and I couldn't find anything. I do know that he likes uh, Lord of the Rings, so there's that. So hope you enjoyed our talk about the Two Towers earlier today. Yeah, no kidding. Um, so decided to play something that I think we can all enjoy and kind of as a tribute to Eddie Van Halen. Now, when we were talking about the greatest guitarists of all time, Eddie's name was on the list. Also, Brian May's name was on the list. Brian May from Queen. Well-deserved, although Brian May should have been higher, in my opinion. And you might be thinking to yourself, oh, man, wouldn't it be great if Brian May and uh, Eddie Van Halen did something together? Uh, wouldn't that be awesome? Well, they sort of did. Whoa. Um uh, Brian May, Eddie Van Halen, Alan Gratzer, the drummer from Ario Speedwagon, Phil Chen, who is the session bassist who played with Jeff Beck and Rod Stewart, and Fred Mandel, a session keyboard player, who also played as additional keyboard player on Queen's Hot Space World Tour and the works, uh, all got together to do something called Brian May and Friends back in April 1983. <laughs> now this is this is a uh a, a song actually is an ep that got inspired by brian may's son's love for a tv show called starfleet which i don't remember i never never even heard of this thing but when you watch the video this almost should be the thing scott shows you on on the live stream uh while the song's going on the uh, the video for this tv show called starfleet looks just amazing it's like live action puppeteer thunderbirds kind of stuff with uh uh, Japanese anime robot, giant robot elements and stuff like that. It looks, it looks called, it's called Starfleet. 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 Yes. Music video. So Brian May's son was really into this. Brian May heard the theme song and said, oh, I really like this. Who did this? Oh, a guy named Paul Bliss. This is awesome. I'm going to record this with Eddie Van Halen and all those other people that I mentioned. This is the cheesiest. This like this makes you think that Flash turns in, uh, the Flash Gordon theme turns into... Um, High entertainment. This is so great. Wow. Uh, here it is, Starfleet. Sorry, it's eight minutes long, Scott, but I figure you gotta you gotta appreciate this. You can cut it off. You can fade it out after five. Um, here's the Starfleet project from Brian May and friends. Enjoy.
This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com.